0: It's the Emily T. Gale Show, ESPNHawaii.com, and I have Alex Candelario on the phone, and I hope it's working. We've been doing a couple little uh, uh, trials here to see if we don't cut out each other, but Alex, thanks for joining me this morning.
1: Thank you for having me, Emily.
0: So, Alex Candelario, I have had more fun reading about you in the last week or so, ever since uh, Grant and Janet Higa Miller sent me a flyer, they're so enthused about the Big Island Cycling Community, not just BikeWorks Beach and Sport and you know BikeWorks Kona, but what you're doing with Big Island Bike Tours and the flyer was um all about the um the uh uh um Bike Fest for the Kakees. So so tell us about it.
1: Um yeah, so basically, you know, it's kind of the first annual waimea Bike Fest and um you know, initially we had tried to, tried to have a mountain bike race in conjunction with this, but um, we just couldn't pull it off in time. And so we're just going to focus on the kids. Um, and, you know, we're going to have PATH is going to bring out their um, their bike rodeo for safety. Um, the LAVA kids are, are going to come out and do a trail run, um, you know, and, and we're just going to have a great little safe environment for kids to come and ride at Anna Ranch on Whoa. October 30th.
0: Yes, yeah, Sunday, October 30th, 9 a.m. It's complimentary. You can go to lavakids.org and, and sign up. But what I love about it, Alex, is the more I read about your background. So tell us, first of all, your Big Island Bike Tours, you know, what a what a wonderful thing you're doing. I The best way to describe it was when I went for testimonials about your Big Island Bike Tours, which, is, of course, is one of the sponsors of this uh, Why My, why May a Bike Fest along with, uh, let's see, who else have you got? You've got um, – uh, Big Island Bike Tours, Mountain Road Cycles, that would be Matt, right? Lava Kids. Yes. Matt, People's Advocacy for Trails Hawaii and Bike Works, which sport that Jeff Manzo and, and Rich Bell and everybody over there at uh, Queens Marketplace, but, of course, all the Bike Works team. And, um, but you do the Big Island Bike Tours. You've got such a wonderful history with biking, and what a great thing for you to be putting this this festival on because you kind of know how you can get kids to really love the sport. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know, um, you know, I, I raced professionally for about fifteen years, and um, you know, my my wife is born and raised here, and so you know, in the wintertime, we'd come over here and train. Um, you know, when I was a professional, and uh, you know, we we did that for about nine years in a row, and so I, I got to know the island pretty well, and um, you know, luckily that you know we have the family connection, so you know, I, I got to understand the culture. And you know it's just an amazing place to ride bicycles, and um, you know, and that's kind of our goal with with Big Island Bike Tours is, is to promote cycling in Hawaii. Um, you know, it's a safe, safe, healthy way to uh, stay active. Um, you know, and especially for for kids, um, you know, it's such a good way to get them out, you know, away from screens, um, enjoying the fresh air. And you know, in Hawaii, we're, we're really blessed with the weather. And with you know the fact that we can ride all year round, and, and I think that's a that's a major component to um, to us, you know, and, and just be able to offer that for folks.
0: Well, one the, when I look at the tours that you offer, of course, one of them is at Honor Ranch, and that's what's so great about this event is being up at the uh, Honor Ranch Heritage Center. So it's Sunday, October thirtieth at nine a.m. But um, you know, just to, for, just to introduce people to the different areas that you can ride and you've got access to some places people haven't been able to, the, but what I love is the, the testimonials that people gave you online. When you talk about, uh, kids learning to ride, it is such a family sport, you know, it can be father's son or couples and, and on all the testimonials, they said things like, um, Alex was terrific, he, and he expertly managed my desire to aggressively ride with my wife's desire to take her time and enjoy. You know, <laughs> I think that speaks volumes for. I mean, everybody has. He said, uh, I mean, they had so many nice things. I love it. One of them is the Vanilla Factory ride because Ian used mm-hmm. to work at BikeWorks Beach and Sport, and of course his family started the Vanilla Factory. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's one of Grant's favorite rides. Grant Miller uh, from BikeWorks Beach and Sport, but the thing. Out of that energy to the Waimea Bike Fest on October 30th. Sounds like you're just, you know, a, a, just a wonderful feeling that's um, coming out of what you're doing.
1: Yeah, thanks. You know, and, you know, that's one of the things we really try to showcase our, our local family-owned businesses. Um, you know, we make we make a, a big effort to, to kind of really highlight um, those areas, you know, and that's part of the culture of, of Hawaii is, is that family element. Um, you know, and initially when we started the business, um, you know, I, I was I was primarily focused on kind of more the, uh, the elite kind of racer masters type of rider. And, and while we still service that that demographic, um, you know, I've I really enjoyed working more with families and, and people that don't ride a lot but but like to and ride and enjoy to ride. And and to me, that's been a, a surprising, rewarding element of of the business is that you know, we get tons of emails back from people. And it's like, hey, we, you know, thanks for taking us out and show, showing us a great time. And we actually bought a bike when we got home or we started riding more, or we dust off the old bike. And, and so, um, you know, I, I do have this kind of underlying philosophy that, that bikes can save the world. And, um, you know, we've, we've done a lot of work with World Bicycle Relief. And, and so I feel like if more people are riding bicycles in the world, then um, it's going to be that much of a better place.
0: Well, I think there's no question, and, you know, here, here is for that person that, you know, it, uh, I may say I did the Ironman, but i just gotten our way through it in many ways, and, and I've been a recreational writer ever since, and Grant and, and Janet Deegan Miller have been long-time friends and, of course, long-time supporters, you know. But, uh, and what I've always loved is they've really understood that I'm a recreational rider, you know. I mean, I've taken some fun rides with them, and at the same time, it's really fun to, to glean the information from people like yourself. I mean, you you know, all over the world riding, right? I I read a story, I think it was on your website about, I thought maybe you could share it a little bit. In uh, uh, 1989, you said you were surfing cereal after a swim practice, turned on ABC's Wide World of Sport, and that had to do with the when Greg Lamont won the uh 89 tour were you how old were you at the time and were you into bicycles at all at that time when you you said you fell in love with the, the bicycle um so yeah
1: in 1989 I was you know I was just a, a freshman in high school um you know and, and cycling uh really wasn't a part of of, of my life and, until later on um you know and so it was just kind of one of those dreams that you know for whatever reason I was attracted to to the bike and and you know, that's, that win still is, is one of the more dramatic wins ever in the history of cycling. And, you know, Lamont's uh, obviously a great champion and, and, a, and a great person. And, you know, I've, I've gotten to meet him through my career and, um, you know, so it's, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing to, to kind of get, get to meet uh, in a big idol like that, you know, racing. And, um, you know, and, and so, it definitely, you know, sparked my interest, but, you know, it'd be many, many years later that I would actually get to um, start riding and, and at a high capacity and then actually pursue it as a profession.
0: Yeah, just reading through the list of things that you did, and what I love is the, the thing that you seem to love was really being your kind of the, the pinnacle or the milestone was right about when you were going to retire and that you, you really experienced that full team effort, and I guess only people that have been there can really know what that feels like, but, it's uh, obviously something that's really uh, important to you is, is doing it as a group. Yeah.
1: You know, I think um, it's, it's hard for people that, that don't understand the sport uh, to understand that the uh, there's a, there's, there's eight guys out there in a the tour de France case, there's nine guys um, and, and every one of them has a job or a role to do. And, and, and a lot of their jobs is to sacrifice their personal ambitions for, for the, for the potential win of, of the team. Um, and so it's, it's a difficult situation, you know, because everyone's got their own ambitions to be uh, a champion or to, you know, have a personal best or whatever. And, and so, you know, you have to w- be willing to compromise that in, in an effort of, of winning one, one person for winning one for one person. And so, um, you know, I, and it's, for for, our, for the for the level of team that I was on, we were kind of just below a Tour de France level team. And so, um, you know, we'd compete against the Tour de France teams, and uh, they're called World Tour teams, but we weren't at that level financially. Um, and so we, we'd do races here and there with them. And so, you know, whenever, you know, we can kind of control a race, you know, which is, is kind of right in the front and then actually produce a, a victory off of that effort, um, you know, it's a significant kind of Goliath. Uh, scenario, you know, where, you know, we're we're a small team, small budget, and we're able to kind of beat these guys that have, uh, you know, 30, 40 times the budget that our team has, you know, and so that's a really um, great thing, and that's, you know, that's what's the drama and the compelling element of of sport and cycling in general, you know.
0: And sharing that, you know, it's going to be the Waimea uh, Bike Fest, it's up at Honor Ranch October 30th, that's a Sunday. Hey, it's Halloween, so dress up in costume. I'll bet you'll have a lot of them in costume, because you're having a... A pumpkin
1: hunt, too, right? Yeah, so Grant's going to do the pumpkin hunt, and um, yeah, we're, we're asking everyone to just kind of dress up, you know, just, just creating that fun fun thing on bikes, you know, fun festival for kids, uh, you know, and, and there's so many communities that I've lived in that, you know, the biking is such a huge, huge part of it, and, and I think that, you know, if we can just kind of foster that for the kids and, and just make it fun and, and safe for them, um, you know, then we can, we can see a whole another generation of, of riders out there
0: well it's happening everywhere i just came back from a, a it's quite a lengthy time in detroit a couple of different trips my hometown where I, I do a lot of things and uh you know biking is it's it's just amazing how it's uh taken over the city and the bikers bikers rule in a really nice graceful fun way bringing people in from all areas and i think uh getting up to honor ranch i mean it's such a cool place up there i've never really explored it so i'm going to come up and and watch on the thirtieth and see what you got going. But it's such a talk a little bit about Anna Ranch and the opportunity for everybody to get up there and, and for the kids to be there on bikes. Yeah, well,
1: thanks. Um, yeah, the, you know Anna Ranch is is just a, a spectacular setting. You know, obviously Anna herself was an iconic cowgirl, and um, you know she she was one of the first female butchers in the state. Um, you know, she she definitely brought the ranch back from some, some tough times and made it very successful. And, and so, you know, it's kind of honoring that history and that tradition. Um, You know, there's, there's some really great um, folklore stories about the pu'us around here. um, Some fantastic history with the Hawaiians um, and their agricultural efforts. And, um, you know, and that's, that's one of the elements that we really try to focus on our mountain bike tours is really educating the guests about the, the Hawaiian history and the ranching history and the legacy that Waimea has. It has such a rich history and, and, um, you know, that's one of our, our big roles that we see as just kind of offering that information to visitors so they can, they can understand and have a deeper appreciation for Hawaii and for, you know, the Waimea and Anna Ranch area.
0: Well, you know, that, that's one of your, as you say, one of your regular tours any day of the week and stuff. It's a kind of a two-hour tour. But it's a BigIslandBikeTours.com, a lot about Alex and his family and Alex uh, Candelario and the Big Island Bike Tours and two sons. So I'm sure they'll be up there that day too, huh? What What's your, what your wife's name? Tana?
1: Hannah.
0: Hannah, okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, well, gosh, all the best. And uh, it's Alex Candelario. He'd love to see all of us up there. Bring some, Tell some kids. Get some kids up there. Uh, Kiki sits up in Waimea. Um, do you want to give a little description? People make that right turn up to the the top of uh, the highway. Yeah.
1: So so yeah. If if you're if you're coming from you know Kona, um, you know you, you kind of just head out the Ocean Road, and then when you're coming up the hill to Waimea, we're about a about a mile and a half from the kind of center of town. It's on your left hand side, um, and you know it's it's the iconic white ranch, uh, really beautiful grounds, um, and then um, if you're coming from Malca or Hilo, you know, you kind of go through the center of town, and then on your way down towards Yosin, we're on the right-hand side, and we have a little sign out front, and then Anna, Anna Ranch has a blue sign out front as well, and, and if you Google us, um, you know, we're, we're on the Google Maps as well, so you can find us there, and then also, actually, we, we actually just had an amendment to our start, start time, because Parker School is having a run that morning, so we're actually going to be starting uh, for registration at at nine thirty rather than nine o'clock now.
0: So okay, that so that would be the get some um, those kids. So Benji, uh Johnson. Is this yeah. Run in the memory. Okay. Yeah. That's yes, right. exactly. A nice cooperative spirit to make that work and make it turn into a great day for everybody. So it's being put on by yeah. the up there. Matt Matt Messeria. What's what's Matt's last name? Messeria.
1: Bizarro, yeah.
0: Bizarro. And uh, yeah. Lava Kids, just, gosh, yes, Lava Kids, has their website, lavakids.org, and sign up, but also see all the great things they're doing. People's advocacy for trails Hawaii. I can hear you the good. Classes are great. Actually, the adult class, there are a lot of things I just put in when I'm out riding. So all these things are good and helpful to all of us to make it safer and uh, make it a whole lot of fun and, you know, get get someone like Alex, who, you know, lives just riding bikes, knowing some of the good things share with each other. So really fun to get acquainted, Alex. I look forward to meeting. And uh, again, everybody, that's Saturday or Sunday, October 30th, 930 out at, uh, on a ranch up in Waimea, the Waimea Bike Fest. Take care, Alex. Thanks for your time.
1: Okay. Thank you very much, Emily.
0: Well, there's another event going on the weekend of October 29th and 30th, and it's the MS Ride. Um, BikeWorks always has a team and they've always raised more money than any of the other teams, uh, people love being on the Bike Works team. They get a wonderful shirt. But this year, uh, Bike Works and the cycling community are coming together, and they're all going to be biking on behalf of Path, People's Advocacy for Trails Hawaii. So that's October 29th and 30th. Go to Bike Works or call Jeff Manzo at Bike Works 8865000. Uh, I believe that is yeah. And but go to their Facebook page. Um, also, just uh, you can Google MS Ride. It starts at A Bay, Anahu, Omalu Bay. every year. It's October this year. Usually it's in August, so I think that was a good switch. But uh, people from all over the country and lots of big island riders love riding with that Bike Works crew, and now they'll be riding on behalf, as I say, other cycling clubs, all for the benefit of PATH. That's October 29th and 30th, and I did see Tina Clothier, the Executive Director of PATH, People's Advocacy for Trails Hawaii, and In fact, both of us gave accolades to uh, her predecessor, Laura Deerenfield, who's now in Austin and and in charge of with the city and the non-motorized plans there, and also uh, Ann Peterson before Laura Deerenfield. and Ann is over in Honolulu. But all of the three wonderful directors have done so much for Path People's Advocacy for Trails Hawaii. But Tina and I, after the parade, we walked back to the King Kamehameha Kona Beach Hotel, and had a nice conversation. She was on her way to do something with the uh, bike share, which is set up at the uh, uh, Kona Beach uh, uh, Ke- King Kamehameha Kona Beach Hotel. And they're right outside the ABC store. But there's three bike share stations in Kona now. One is at Huggos, one is at Holly and the other is uh, right down there on Ali'i Drive by the pier by the hotel so we've got a wonderful update we'll get her on the show soon they just got them installed in August and uh, uh, kudos to uh, the county really research and development for getting that rolling and lots of great things happening with PATH and the, the cycling community and the community at large just doing a lot of trail cutting and everything so good news there a couple other events I want to mention um, is the um, the University of Hilo is having their uh, alumni golf tournament. It's Saturday, October twenty-second at Waikoloa Kings Course, and it's the thirteenth annual alumni scholarship golf tournament. So, entry fee one hundred eighty dollars per person, and uh, two mulligans per person. It's a two-person scramble. You can go to WaikoloaGolf.com and sign up. And they do a nice job there over at Waikoloa Beach Resort. All the resorts do if you want to host your your tournament. But, again, this is Saturday, October 22nd. Also at Waikoloa Beach Resort is the family golf days every afternoon, 3.30. Play nine holes. It's just $25 for the keiki with complimentary rental Nike Junior rental clubs. And the adult is $50. And a reduced rate for rental, I think twenty-five dollars. And they are nice rental clubs. They keep their rental clubs out at the uh, driving range, and I periodically get into the bag and and hit the clubs. And definitely time to get a new set of clubs because the when I mean, the rentals are nice you know, nowadays. When you rent clubs at a, in one of the resorts, you're you're playing with some very nice clubs. So um, yeah, family days every day Waikolo Beach Resort, three thirty p.m. the nine holes, and also they have their discounted twilight rate. And don't forget the driving range. It's just a wonderful place to go for an hour, and the Chipping Green is available there. And uh, you pay by the hour, and it's really a nice, relaxed atmosphere, good driving range. You'll meet some people, and just just fun. That's how I play my golf. I rarely go out and play 18 holes, but I hit, I hit balls. I haven't hit balls for a couple months now, but getting back into it, and uh, it's just a wonderful way to kind of keep your game sharp. And um, you know, go out use the putting greens at our local golf courses. They're, they're all available to us. And another event that uh, I want to mention that I mentioned that I always enjoy working on and being supportive. And actually, the. Greatest place I'm supportive with events is showing them how to use the media. And one of those places is Short Hops in West Hawaii today. You know, J.R. DeGroote, the sports editor, they do a really nice job of supporting all our events. They always print who my guests are on the Emily T. Gale Show here on ESPNHawaii.com you get your press release into them on the Monday afternoon or Thursday afternoon so they have two They run short hops usually on Tuesdays and Fridays and just a, a little press release telling about your event and they run it and believe me people read it cuz i have people tell me all the time they know who my guests are on my show, not if they're listening or they're reading it in the paper. Either way, the news gets out there, and that's important. So uh, they've been doing a nice job. Jr. Um, took him out to meet Betty Green, who's one of the people real involved in getting this walk run going. A couple of years ago, J.R., I went out and met with Betty at the Bookmobile in Beach, uh Village. And uh, that's the precursor to the library we'll have someday. But we had a wonderful talk, and uh, he's been real supportive. And the run really has been increasing in size. They're so excited. They've been, you know, raising a lot of money. They've also uh, paired it with a uh, silent auction and health fair that goes on in the Wykloa Village School Cafeteria after the run. But the run is on Saturday, November 12th, starts at 730. It's for the friends of the library, Wykloa Region. This is the seventh year, really competitive. And also playful. So whether you're at the front of the pack being kinetic, uh, uh competitive, Kanoa Blake, he's um was he won it. He also just won the um, four seasons wallalai run. He's just he I think Kanoa is just in eighth grade. He goes to Parker School, son grandson of some good friends of mine, Tammy Fa- uh uh Rockholt and Mike Fossey and Amanda's and Blake's son and McKenna is his sister, but they're just, uh, he's having a, they're doing a great job with their sport, soccer and running, and it's really fun to see how many of these events uh, give family something to do together, I, I love it, so again, that's Saturday, November 12th, uh, Friends of the Library, Waikoloa Region, and I was going to have J.R. DeGroote, the sports editor of West Hawaii today is a guest for this week's show, but something came up for him, a really happy event, but we'll save that for later, and he can talk about it. But uh, we were going to talk about the um, Ironman and their coverage with West Hawaii today. They've done a nice job, I think, with their countdown to Ironman. Um I have my differences with the Ironman, but I do think it's a good event for the community. And certainly, like when I'm in Detroit, my goodness, so many people mention Ironman to me. People who are, who do Ironman, half Ironmans, all over the country. Some of them have been to Kona, some haven't. Others came with us when we came to do our uh, our second of uh, Ironman. We brought people from Michigan. Uh, we really told Valerie at the time because it wasn't something that people from the Midwest did. We told her we'd get more people to do it, and just, uh, it, it's an interesting story. But in any event, since junior couldn't make it, I'm going to rerun a show that we did the first time Jr. met John and Judy Collins in his first year of covering the Iron Man. That was, I think, three years ago. So I'm going to rerun that show and um, coming up, but there's a lot of stories that John and Judy tell about how the Iron Man got started. Those stories haven't changed, so the, while well, we we taped it a few years ago, the stories are still the same. John and Judy are in California this week, I've been in touch with them, but I thought it was just be just as comfortable to rerun this show. And we'll catch up with JR next week, and I'm sure they're going to do a great job covering the... The Iron Man, they always do it. Of course, all the results, uh, you know, fun for people to. They'll be able to subscribe and get the uh, the final issue. I think about Iron Man, but I just think their coverage is fantastic. What they do, particularly the high school sports, uh, really showcasing so many of the high school players and and getting us introduced to them. I don't go to a lot of. I don't go to many games at all. Rarely. But I feel like I I know what's going on in high school sports because of West Hawaii Today. Really enjoy that. Also really enjoy the North Hawaii News, what they're putting out there. Landry Fuller is doing a great job with that. So, again, both uh, North Hawaii News and West Hawaii Today, you can send in your PSAs as you can with – with Pacific Radio Group. Uh, Josh does the Kakua calendar every week and you send your your events that are going on into to uh, Pacific Radio Group as well. This year they're in Kailua-Kona and that's where we are right now. They just got here Monday. Last week when we had the show, they were at Oahu visiting some of their friends and where they had lived and uh, swam with the Waikiki Swim Club and everybody else. And so it was fun, they arrived Monday and it's Wednesday now, the Wednesday before the Ironman. And I'm with uh, J.R. DeGroote, who's with West Hawaii today, and my good friend, Lotus Golden, who's also finished in Ironman and has great admiration for uh, the Collins. And Michael is also with us. Michael Collins is doing the Ironman this weekend. He does it every five years. His first one was when he was about 18 or something. We've been talking about that. But I really wanted to find out. I I was running across the street last night. All of a sudden, I heard five or eight. Uh, athletes from Panama and I thought oh John and Judy are probably walking with them because you John and right. Judy uh, lived in away. Panama started the Panama Ironman that's where they kind of they sailed their boat on the way to New Zealand and ended up in Panama was that the story?
2: Actually we were on the way to Europe to Europe and ended up in Panama <laughs> and, they, and the tax system got messed up and it uh, turns out that in 1992 Panama was like Hawaii was about 70 years before so which, you fell once in love you got with out of the city and it was a Hawaii you could drive to and we've done that three times from from san diego to panama it's a long way but it...
0: okay well and it brought out some wonderful stories and it, it turned panamanians is that the right word
3: panamanians. Panamanians.
0: panamanians now i remember when there was only one athlete and now it is a part of the iron man series and and you know the tradition of iron man and you have done so much to inspire the athletes down there and even get them to be a little more conscious of clean water but what I'm curious about I saw how many people were giving you love and aloha yesterday in the parade and what's it been like for you to get back here and see people and and get the the love and aloha It's
3: old home week and this we always feel we come home when we come to Kona even though we only come home every 5 years <laughs> when Michael or Kristen the first in the family to do the Kona Ironman decide to race the parents want to watch the action, and that's cool. why we're here. And what a blessing,
0: because all the athletes that grew up, you know, learning about Ironman that didn't ever get a chance to meet John and Judy and know some of the history of it and everything—it's—it's it's such a blessing, I think, to keep this part of the history, uh, the continuity.
2: Uh, yes, and it's getting harder and harder because it's being spread further and further around the world, and as it spreads and as the years go by, the the story changes and it, it gets. It gets adapted to whatever story the journalist, excuse me, J.R., <laughs> is writing. And that gets quoted the next year by the next journalist who's putting his or her own twist on it. So by the time you get 35 years out... Um, you wonder, maybe there really were a bunch of drunk seals sitting in Honolulu, and they said, hey, let's go around the You know,
0: <laughs> I, per- I perpetuated that myth myself a bit. You know, I think we all did, because wh- whoever thought it would become what it's become, and so we kind of told it as a, uh, you know, little...
3: Just... Somebody told Val Silk that years ago, okay. and she was being credited with being the originator of Iron Man, and she said all she cared about was to make it clear that she inherited it, all right? So she she wrote that story. I asked her a few years ago, and she said, we'd never met. We didn't meet until a couple of years I, later. I didn't realize yes. that, but we've talked about so that. It, but she did it in good faith. It was good faith yeah. hearsay. But um, it, we have no idea how the seals part Probably God. because
0: her boyfriend at the time was a Navy SEAL. Maybe that all got weaved in or something. No, you know? no, what do you, no was it wasn't no. much later. Oh, really, okay. Not at that
2: time, but she, uh, Val always liked the military. As a matter of fact, one of her ideas was that she was going to try to start it by having people jump from the deck of an aircraft carrier. Uh
0: huh. That, that's
2: 120 feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like diving off a waterfall.
0: Well, on the show last week, and I I rerun it, and uh, it's a very in depth conversation with John and Judy about how the Iron Man, you know, the all the kind of the years leading up to it, and Michael, we just talked about it a little bit for the for YouTube, and and uh, you know, do you have a short a con, short uh, version of it? Or you can take the long version if you want well, if you do have time. But we've
3: just been repeating it to one of the original Ironmen, okay. who's really forgotten a lot of how it started. My version and John's very slightly, but I've been thinking of triathlon since Michael and Kristen and John and I first did the run bike swim that was called a triathlon. 1974.
2: In 1974.
3: Uh, first family to finish it, and so on. And then we explained to our swim coach while we, why we had skipped master's swim practice that night, on and Wednesday. we described what we had done. And he said, "That's the stupidest thing I ever heard of." And then, behind our backs, in our in our view, he added a triathlon to a sports fiesta that summer. Uh-huh. The Coronado Optimist triathlon from 1975 is now the longest running triathlon in the world and by the way he was a seal okay so um then we came out to hawaii and for some reason there was a west coast list of swims that went from hawaii to you know practically to uh well to san francisco And Michael and Kristen and John and I entered the Waikiki Rough Waters swim, though to my knowledge we'd never swum more than one mile in the ocean. The La Jolla Rough Water was a one-mile swim. Right. And we got out here. Why we thought we could do 2.4 miles, I don't know. But... (laughs) But we in, my, in
2: my case it was easy because you can just turn right and go to the shore <laughs> <laughs> that's
3: right but, but what we found out was that when we got here we got terribly sunburned because we were used to swimming in the cold Pacific Ocean and you got out of the ocean when you were cold and you didn't get cold in Hawaii uh-huh. so you stayed in until you got tired and that was a new concept and we looked like lobsters when we got out of the water
0: well, it's amazing to think where it has all come over the 35 years. I mean, when Michael and I were talking earlier about people saying doing that thing, and that's kind of what people used to call it, right? The thing. It wasn't really a sport. It was like, why would you do that? You know?
2: we, 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 went, we were we not really distance runners until we got involved with the Honolulu Marathon Clinic. I mean, we ran five miles, that sort uh-huh. of thing, but to train for a marathon, we didn't really think about that until we got into Dr. Jack Scaff's Honolulu Marathon Clinic. And when it came time to try to get people to sign up for the Iron Man in, uh, well, late 77, early 78, we asked uh, Dr. Scaff if we could make an announcement on the stage after he give, gave his talk to the people there, and he said, nah. He said, that's not a sporting event. That's just a media event.
0: You know, isn't that interesting? <laughs> yes, and we hadn't
3: had one yet in Hawaii. Yeah, there hadn't yeah. been a triathlon of any distance in and, Hawaii.
0: And that's the part that people forget. It wasn't about creating an Ironman distance everything as much as it was it creating a concept and, and creating a lifestyle Well, as in, you were doing in our it.
3: case, we were parents of two children in high school. We were members of two or three clubs, and we were bound to have to volunteer to be in charge of an event, and they had already assigned to us to be in charge of a run-swim at Alamoana Lagoon Beach Park, a sprint. No way on earth could we ever even place in that event. We were just too slow. I was 39 when Ironman started. John was 42. 42. So we had found out we could last all day. Just don't make us go fast. And we thought there were a sufficient number of people who had done the Waikiki Rough Water and finished the Honolulu Marathon in the middle of the pack, that they might be interested in the novelty of doing both in one day and connecting it with a bicycle ride. Little did we know that Gordon Haller had done a what in in uh, 1978 in the Honolulu Marathon, he, he's
4: 2:29. Done something unbelievable, under 2:30 oh. in the Honolulu Marathon.
2: and And that's a real under 230 that's not a Paul Ryan under 230
0: (laughs) (laughs) and you know I think in those days a lot of people were starting to understand that we have different metabolisms You, you know you either that slow twitch or fast twitch you know you would like sprints you like long distance I found I was a long-distance runner, and I decided that's how I like to live life. I like to, like, plod through it.
3: You know <laughs> what I mean? It, it is. It is a kind of a mindset. Well, how did you hear about Ironman?
0: Uh, we read about it in Barry McDermott's story on uh, the airplane driving flying home from the Honolulu Marathon where we were here promoting the Emily Detroit Run. We would come to the Honolulu Marathon, and we would park a Ford outside the Hyatt and put a sticker on it that said, Emily Detroit Run. You come know, need recruit cold. Recruit people to come to our June Run. People thought we shipped the car over. Those were early days of doing different different kinds of promotions so if you did anything that was out of the box you were pretty unique yeah, we were pretty unique so we did a lot of promotions we were riding home on the airplane we read Barry McDermott's story and, and Sports Illustrated and we thought boy we could turn that into a promotion and we did I was talking earlier we had the whole city guessing my finishing time now we did train for great it great
3: idea
0: and uh, people got an all-expense paid trip the winter to the Ironman the next year and worked in the press room with us and
3: you mean the person who guessed, guessed our finish, finish time. time?
0: Yeah, we did time, yeah. You, well, into, you went into a Ford dealership or an American Airlines ticket office. They used to be all over the city in those days. And and, uh, we were, and the other thing is we had promised Valerie we would try to get people to see it as a sport. It was known in California but not in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're kind of our media backgrounds. Well,
2: you, and, you, you know about the promotion. In 1979, we are getting ready to do the second one. And we were looking for a little bit of help, because we lost $25 on the first one. <laughs> they done that. With a, five <laughs> with a $5 entry fee. And oh the second one, people were looking for real T-shirts, rather than bringing their T-shirts over to our house and having them silk silkscreen the logo on it. And then the next day, if they finished, we'd silk-screen finisher.
0: I love and that. You <laughs> never that's a told good me I that story. Oh, yes. I
2: think that's a great idea. I like that. Story. Anyway, we were really lowball, so I went to Hawaii Visitors Bureau and I note that uh, Tourism Hawaii is a sponsor for this year. Yeah. But in those days, I went up and talked to them, and they said no. They said we have more tourists than we want that time of year. And this was in February.
4: Than we want.
2: And people are going to just come over and borrow a bicycle and sleep on somebody's floor and they're not going to spend any money. And I was asking for like $500 so I could buy Uh trophies and that sort of stuff. And what was it, $26 million on the Big Island this year? Yeah, Yeah.
0: And and I I know that's got to be a true story because I I know some of the history of how Convention Bureau used to think of stuff. They even used to think that way about golf. Golf was not thought of as being as something that uh, brought tourists to the mm-hmm. islands. Even when the Mauna Senior Skins was held, it was always underwritten by the Mauna And then, because nobody in the legislature, the governor, nobody well, played no, golf.
3: That, what, the, but this happened sport again. fishing was big in Kona. Fishing the was, time, was the thing. And, and, and the and rest of the island was like this. Yeah. And I was involved with renewable energy promotion around the island. Uh, public meetings, Keaholi Point, all of that. I would travel over here, and before the Honolulu Marathon, I would go to the King Kamehameha Pool down at Keaholi Point and scrape off the scum and have a cup of water. (laughs) So I would have the energy of in the footsteps of the King's Runners. Oh. Remember that?
0: <laughs> That's Judy Collins is, is telling that story. Judy Collins, Judy and John is who we're speaking with, and their son Michael, uh, the co-founders of the Ironman Triathlon. were in Kailua-Kona. It's Ironman Week, and Judy and John and Michael get here every five years. Michael does the race every five years, and Judy and John, of course, the support crew, he's here with his wife, Carrie. They're celebrating their 37th? Oh, uh, 27th. 27th. wedding anniversary. And those stories, are I love. Every time I talk to you, I get new stories. JR, any, any questions, any things that come to mind that you might want to ask the Collins?
4: I just wonder, how have you guys seen Kona evolve with the marathon through 35 years? I mean, nothing was here 35 years ago.
3: That's right. I did, same seawall. and the same good swim down there because we flew over here with one of the swimmers who who had a seven islands in one day airplane business we flew over here and did the first um hapuna Hapuna swim rough water swim okay yes Uh and i remember it was so still downtown so pleasant just to sit on the wall and, and take a swim and hope that a wave would crash on you um it's been up and down. We, you know, Kona seemed more prosperous about 15 years ago. Uh, but the, there are new restaurants where the other ones have, um, have folded. And we always uh, look to find some of the same places. Yeah, yeah.
2: But when Valerie Silk brought the Iron Man over here from Oahu, and we never thought that it would get very big because in Oahu, we, we never thought of closing roads and doing that sort of stuff you had to fit in with the ecosystem and the ecosystem yeah. included a lot of tour buses and that sort of thing. And she was bright enough to bring it over here and it was fortuitous because that was exactly the time that the pineapple industry collapsed. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden there was, was massive a, was unemployment over here. It was it was pineapple. Yeah.
3: But it, it, it was okay. a good time yeah. for it to come right, back.
0: and it fortuitous because Herb and I had gone through trying to get the streets closed in Detroit for the Emily Detroit run. That I started with a hundred runners and it grew to thousands and thousands. Eventually, we were clo- closing, closing off the tunnel to Canada and all the expressway exits. So we had to we had to really write economic, <laughs> but we had to really prove to the city that it was worthwhile mm-hmm. in those early days because cities didn't have runs. But you think this mm-hmm. is back in the seventies mm-hmm. and eighties. So when we said to Valerie, you've got to get the highway closed, she said, oh, they'll never let us close it. We said, we'll write you the economic impact study you can take to the state legislature, which Herb and I did. I really should give him credit. Oh, wow. And the whole concept was you're getting people off the highway where there had been some accidents during the event. Mm-hmm. And, and you get them into the town, which was a sleepy little town. And you keep everybody in the town and people would be spending their money. So that was what it was based on in order to get the highway closed. And Valerie so said, days. Oh, you'll never make that happen. We said, Listen, we got it done in Detroit. We think we can write it in a way that they'll buy into it over here. Well, we did it
2: in Panama in 98. We started one, the sole purpose of which was to show the, the country of Panama what triathlon was and how we could bring people in. And eventually we had Paula and and uh, Scott Pinley and lots Some of, of the Canadian people, Olympians Canadians from in Australia. And, and uh, we, were, yeah. we were set up bringing in the mad dogs from St. Petersburg in Florida. Mm-hmm. And so we had a plan that would bring end up bringing in a couple of thousand people plus support. It never actually got there because, well... We got tired. Of yeah, well, that's But, but and it, we went.
3: Did, it did ignite the spark but in the existing runners and bicyclists. And I think now that the three million population in Panama has more Ironman finishers, not necessarily at Conor. Per capita? Per capita, uh-huh. because it was a seed waiting to be planted, just as it was well, in Honolulu. And in most visionaries
0: do start with a big vision, well, and then you just keep.
2: But we got the same same response. We went to the Panamanian tourism Uh development thing, and they basically said, go away, don't bother us. Uh We have an election coming up. And in 98, we were here for the 20th, and we were featured by NBC. And we tried to get Panama to let us represent Panama and give us a flag. No, we had to Uh have a friend send us. And,
3: And now the new model is to go to the country and to sell them, uh, what has what been can shown be done all yeah. around the world? Yeah. And now they're showing off the country. And oftentimes, an what
0: happens, and I, you know, we went through that in Detroit too, where it was like, go put this in a park, and we were like, no, I'm trying to prove that the streets are safe to run through. That's why we want the run to be through the streets of Detroit. There had never been a run in, in Detroit downtown then. But wow. what often happens is we have to pull it along behind us the concepts, and then eventually people mm-hmm. think they kind of they they thought it up. O- oftentimes, they don't really know what they can do to take the biggest advantage of it you know i think you even said the route that they had in panama the first year could have mm-hmm. been better mm-hmm. even the swimming was done in a place that wasn't really safe to swim because of the mm-hmm. the uh, pollution and that i love that you we're talking with john and judy collins it's the emily t gale show here on espn we're also with michael collins who will be doing the race this week the Ironman. man jr john de groot from west hawaii today is with us and and the whole concept that, uh, I forgot where I was, but <laughs> what was I doing? T- you yeah, have, you-
3: to have to sell people on, on the impact it'll make. Absolutely, are and it's
0: hard. To- Convention bureaus and people, they're you're used right. to their traditional, the way it used to be done. Visionaries are always fighting the, the tide, I think. And, you well, know, you're going upstream when you're a visionary.
3: Well, JR just asked about how how we look at Kona after the sport. And I want, want you to know, JR, one of the things that we've noticed from the beginning Ironman started in the Pacific Ocean off an island, and the championships are in the Pacific Ocean off this island. And I think it's rare now to have a triathlon swim in the ocean. Uh, you know, lawyers get involved and liability, yeah. and oh my gosh, a wave might break or a, a, seal, somebody, might, a, seal, a seal might, might bite, bite you. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs>
0: So you know, you love the part about the clean waters. I'm mean, to weave that into what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, as you're saying, there's not a lot of events in the oceans. There in in waterways or lakes and well, everything. Well, the one
3: but that we started in Panama, and and then we did a special one on the 500th anniversary of Columbus having run into the Americas and where he anchored his ships and so on. So one day the sponsor said, well, if you're going to have it, the swim in waters where Columbus anchored his ship, he last anchored right over in this bay, and we have three beautiful forts, we're going to move the swim over there. The sponsors wanted it because old forts make right. good backgrounds. Very polluted. It was polluted when Columbus was there in 1502. <laughs> and we who started this event, Michael has done it, had had to boycott it because it was in these filthy waters and we weren't the only ones and people didn't people made their own decisions and everybody knew that wasn't water to swim in yeah. whatever the sponsors said so the well, next year they moved it if you back if, to clean water. if
2: you really want help moving the government and the business community just get a whole bunch of doctors and lawyers and people that will spend four thousand dollars on a bicycle
0: involved. There you go. Eventually, <laughs> because right. they can push. That, that changes everything. You know, I, we also uh, Lotus Golden is with us, a, a good friend of mine, and Lotus is a, a, a Ironman finisher. And she came to the Big Island because she lived in New York and was an athlete. Was real involved with a Dick, with Dick Traub, who works with uh, disabled athletes. Yes. yes. Yeah. So Lotus was really involved done. with them way back way back when, and. Um, uh, what's his name from New York Roadrunners Club? Uh, the your good friend Corbett and oh, Ted Corbett. Ted Corbett. Uh, Fred LeBeau was our good friend, and Lotus and I found out that her good friend was Ted Corbett, who was of course a long distance runner.
3: Yes. Well, one my greatest joy from the whole Ironman phenomenon is that two 1980 Ironmen Bob Babbitt and Rick Kozlowski, ended up starting the Challenged Athletes Foundation to buy a what did they call Become it? A van, a van, a van, <laughs> van that's right. for one of their friends who'd been in, injured right. in a bicycle accident, and they had money left over, so they threw it in the pot for the for foundation and for other people. And this has enabled more people who are missing limbs uh, to to get fitted and get active again. And it it's just a delight to me to see that. There are so many people with what I call custom bodies now, whereas all of us here have stock bodies, yeah. right? <laughs>
0: differently abled.
3: Yeah, and this grew out of their uh, enchantment yeah. with this endurance sport when they came out in 1980 to do the iron. What
0: most people don't realize, though, is in the 70s and 80s is disabled and physically challenged, whatever we want to terminology uh we not allowed in most events. The Boston Marathon, they had to sue to get into the Boston Marathon, even into the Honolulu Marathon. It was a challenge. I think I've told you we had the Ironsides division and the Emily Detroit oh, run. and that's, that's a Because we, we thought, hey, we're going to let wheelchair athletes in. We remember in. that TV program. And, and, yeah, <laughs> so you know, we had a lot of people who were just in chairs, not athletes, but their parents would push them. You know, our encouragement was for as mm-hmm. many people to come on down. And with the Leader Dog uh, School for Blind used to train out of my store, Emily's Across oh, the really? Street downtown. So some of them came and ran in the race. Mm-hmm. So the whole front of the race... Was people that were differently challenged.
3: Well, Rick and Dick were in the race last night. In, oh, and there's somebody, there's in somebody, the there's somebody racing this week. Oh. That's a right. lady. Rick and Dick were there. And co- Val did not want to risk right. their safety. And she had said they couldn't do Kona, but I think they were featured in People magazine one year, 1987. Uh, Lynn Van Eert up in Ironman Canada admitted them to the Penticton uh-huh. race, and. Val was there, and John and I were there, and Kristen and Scott, and we saw how the athletes reacted when they're going over the same course, and and a man is pushing and pulling his son through that whole race, and everybody just looked at it and said, wow, (laughs) (laughs) I can do it. (laughs) And, And it was so inspiring that... That, that and that, was the, that, that was, the was the whole point. That was the
0: whole point was to integrate people into the lifestyles mm-hmm. of everybody, no matter you know how they're living their life. And fortunately, it's happened
3: in schools well, and happened the, the, in sports Exactly, and... in Florida. Uh, but here's what I heard from Rick. A dick, uh, Rick is in, in the wheelchair. Yeah. He he was talking on a computer to the doctors who uh-huh. were there at the you know sports clinic, and the, his mother got up and said, the reason he started getting active was when he was a child, he wanted his body to move, but he didn't have the means. Okay. So he would allow his siblings to use him as a football in the front yard. <laughs> <laughs> and and he goes typing like this, I like to move. Oh. And, and it just struck struck me. We all like yeah. to move. Some of us don't move very fast, but it, it was... Just an eye opener. There's to me. a lady
0: who's uh, racing this weekend, and I think she's in her 30s, and she's uh, pulling her her uh, sister who has cerebral palsy. Mm. Ah. So, Jr. Other thoughts that have come up. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. And, yeah. I
2: mean, and <laughs> Michael, isn't it
0: great to see so much energy in your parents that's and stuff? True. I love it. I think you know.
4: It's... I'm not sure how to respond to that. <laughs> yeah. we're holding our breaths. That, that's right. No, I, 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 I am. I'm waiting to to one day wake up with all the energy that my parents show every day. And it hasn't happened yet. So,
0: well, its I'll tell you what, it's, it's very special to always be around you. I have a question. Yeah, Lotus. What does it feel like when you're standing there and you're watching people go through the Iron Man shoot,
3: knowing that it was your idea? Do you ever really feel it? I... I don't. I, I, I feel quite detached because we started as a way to separate our talents, you might call them, from the sprinters, and now the endurance athletes are sprinters. So I, I don't feel, I, I don't identify with it. You know, this is a, it's a whole different crowd.
0: But in terms of endurance, you were the first uh, female to swim from Lanai to, to, Maui. to Maui.
3: Yes, yes. And that was because two two male bachelor swimmers were hoping that it would generate enough publicity on Mother's Day that they would get some dates. <laughs>
2: so And she did get bitten by a shark, you know. The nibble, shark, nibble, the, nibble. The shark was only about three inches long.
3: <laughs> but there, the there's end. another point I wanted to make about... Uh, <clears throat> The Honolulu Marathon. Uh, Jack Scaff used to give a little talk before Jack, it yeah. started, and the other day I found one of the marathon entry forms, and, and was glad to see at the bottom what had inspired us to do the event. It gave the finish time for the prior year for the first athlete and the last athlete, uh-huh. and it said, you are cordially invited to break the record at either end. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I like that. Well, doesn't make yeah. You I always say to... Herb and I are the reason that there's a cutoff time in the Iron Man. So yeah.
2: you know. uh-uh. <laughs> no, it's only a coincidence that the cutoff time is within 21 seconds of my first finish time. Well, then I
3: think you're the reason. <laughs> <laughs> I think not us. I think you are. <laughs> so Bob Babbitt called the other day to ask uh, what time sunrise was on the second year. and. He said, and we called Michael, and, and Michael said, "I know exactly when the event started in 1979. Tell him why. This was news to me."
4: I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't recognize the lead-in. Okay, the, the... lead-in
3: has to do with trying to verify that you finished in the daytime and knowing what time you finished for
4: sure. Oh, and, and that's because the second year was a year of very very bad weather and so we did not start on saturday as we'd intended and we woke up on sunday and my father the race director looked out the window and saw the trees blowing sideways and said this is not happening today michael go back to sleep and so they went down to tell everybody else that the race wasn't going to happen at seven o'clock like it was supposed to and i got a i i got a telephone call from my mother from a payphone downtown at 7.30 saying, they're gonna do the race anyway. If you can get here by eight, I think I can hold the start until you get here. (laughs) So I did this, I started at eight o'clock and my goal had been to actually go to school the next day. And school started at eight and and my homeroom class got out at 8.25. And so as the day wore on and on and on, I just wanted to finish before my homeroom class got out and I missed it by 58 seconds. (laughs)
0: That's a great story. But
4: Judy found it very easy to
2: put the start off until 8 because our boat was supposed to come around from the north shore and the waves were too high and they wouldn't bring the boat. So Judy went to the Outrigger Canoe Club, one of the swimmers from there, and smooth-talked them into furnishing a boat. And they said, when do you want it? And she said, 8 o'clock. Okay. <laughs> and that was
0: That's you what every race Michael. director does. They, they tweak whatever's going on. I would have heard
3: about it for the rest of my life uh-huh. if I hadn't allowed Michael to get down to the start.
0: It's John and Judy Collins we've been speaking with, and you can catch their show. We uh, Last week, we in-depth sto- uh, show lots of stories that are different from today's story. So John and Judy Collins, uh, co-founders of the Ironman back in 1978 on Oahu. It was moved over here by Valerie Silk. Uh, they had the Nautilus Fitness Center at the time, and when Valerie and her husband separated, he got the Nautilus Fitness Center, and who had been the a sponsor of it, and of she the got race. the shoebox uh, history of the Ironman, and I'm glad that Herb and I got so involved with her back in those days and were able to contribute, I think, significantly to many things. Michael Collins has also been with us, this, their son. He's going to be doing the race this weekend. He does it every five years, so he's an old hat. I don't think it ever gets to be the old hat. And also with us is uh, J.R. John DeGroote from West Hawaii Today, someone I've known since he was a little kid, and it's just great to watch see his byline and what a great writer he's become. And uh, also Lotus Golden, who is an Ironman finisher, and just really wanted to meet uh, John and Judy and spend some time with us. So we we appreciate her uh, videotaping for us. And anybody has some last thoughts they'd like to give to our listeners?
4: Um no. I'm, I'm sorry, it's 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 Wednesday now and the race is Saturday. I'm starting to think all about me now.
0: Okay.
3: <laughs> That's a great answer. And I'm saying sorry, big island that we that we make it so hard to get about in a car this week, but thank you so much for this beautiful setting.
0: And boy, the Big Island residents uh, deserve a lot of uh, thank yous for everybody putting up with it you know, as they try to get to and from work and everything else.
2: Well, uh, new life goal, we marched in the parade last night, and the goal used to involve doing the event. I'm down to the point, my life goal is now to come back for the 50th and still be able to walk in the
4: parade.
0: <laughs> we discussed that. Well, I'll tell you what, it's with the energy you've got now yeah. and everything. And Jr., some last thoughts? Yeah. Last thoughts to our no, listeners? No,
4: it's just a tremendous honor to meet you guys, and I've been seeing this event since I was born. I mean, I've been here 24 years, and thank you very much for it, and it's a great honor to be covering it now.
0: So speaking of Jr. Uh, J.R., since he was a little kid, has played inline hockey. I watched, used to watch him as a little kid when all the inline hockey enthusiasts got it going. They used to skate in the... The gymnasium parking lot before the gym was was built. Randy Quander and from uh, Big Island TV. So many people that were instrumental in getting inline hockey going. But Jr. has played on a team. He's played semi-professionally, and uh, he plays on a team now, the West Hawaii Hockey Team. But they're vying for uh, the most prestigious award in beer league hockey, and um, there's uh, fame and eight thousand dollars awaiting for the taking. So we can all vote. I just voted. You can go to. Uh, uh, Westieaward.com, that's the name of the award, the Westie Award, because teams from all over the country and you select uh, West Hawaii. They were nominated as one of the finalists, so you can put your vote in for them. And uh, I love their their line that they say why they deserve to win. He, they say uh, the WHA entered its tenure at the Hawaiian Classic Tournament at the bottom floor. D division has become the only team in the long history of the tournament to advance by winning to the A division. With two titles in the last three years, the West Hawaii hockey team is poised to become a beer league dynasty. Oh, and you should see the faces of our opponents when they lose to a team who skates on ice once a year. And that's true because the tournament where they the, the the compete the final event is on ice over in Honolulu, and these guys are all inline hockey skaters. So quite fun. And J.R. DeGroot is a big supporter, and of course I'm the team and one of the what has always been one of the great players in line hockey. So. We'll talk with JR about that and get an update and uh again, JR the sports reporter at West Hawaii today, I always enjoy working with him and I know he enjoys working with uh Josh Pacheco They when they do their uh, their league picks every week and uh pigskin picks, I think they call it. So in any event, what else is going on? Uh, oh yeah, I do want to mention that one of my longtime supporters and, gosh, my longest friends here on the Big Island. I met the Kunitake Ohana back in 1981 when I came to do the Iron Man. But uh, the Kona Coffee Festival is coming up, and I always like to remind everybody the great kickoff date. I think the kickoff date is actually November 4th, but on the 5th is the Halualoa Art and Coffee Stroll. And Viaha River Coffee, my longtime supporters, and Kunitake Ohana, they've been on their land for 95-plus years. So they do know how to make coffee. They've been winners of the Halualoa Art and Coffee Stroll People's Choice Award three times, I think. So it's coming up Saturday, November 5th. We'll all be set up at Dinah's where you can get Waya River Coffee any day of the week. That's right next to Paul's Place in the heart of Halualoa Town right across the street from the post office. So we'll see you there, 9 to 3. Come on by and taste some coffee. Give us your vote, Waiaha River Coffee, and uh, share some aloha with us. And they always have great... Uh, homemade baked goods everybody loves <laughs> at the Kunataki Wayaha River Coffee set up right next to Dinah's in Halualoa Saturday, November 5th for the Kona Coffee Festival. And also coming up, I got a note from my friend Nancy Pham. And she is doing an event up at Makalei Golf Course uh, called Nine and Wine. It's a fundraiser for the Susan Coleman Fund. So, um, Nancy, I'm sure it'll be a fun event. She's got she's got the right style to everything that she does. So that's up at Baccalay on October 22nd. So you can give them a call up there, and see what what they're doing. It's the Emily T. Gale Show here on ESPNHawaii.com. com. want to mention also the Waimea Ocean Film Festival is coming up January 2nd through the 5th at the Fairmont Orchid, Mauna Kea Resort in Waimea. And January 6th through the 10th, Four Seasons Resort at Hualalai. Kaola Magazine is uh, a big sponsor of that as well and a supporter of the Emily T. Gale Show. But you can get the full schedule at Kaola Magazine uh, when it comes out for the, the January issue. But also you can go to Waimea Ocean Film Festival, dot org or their Facebook page and I can't say enough nice things about it so pencil in some time to go to some of the films they're really it's just an amazing lineup of of probably over 60 films and seminars and talk stories and um, just just educational cultural everything about the Waimea Ocean Film Festival makes it one of the best events on the Big Island as far as I'm concerned so I appreciate uh, being able to be one of their sponsors and being a strong supporter of the Waimea Ocean Film Festival. Big thanks to uh, Robert down at 808computers.com. They're down in the Coast Shopping Center, not only for their technology, but uh, that they have shared and taught me, but some other things. And I'm going to have Robert as a guest on soon. He's really done a turnaround in his health. He had pre diabetes, and he... he really got hooked on a program that inspired him to do something about his health and lose weight and change his diet, and uh, he told me about it, and he ended up sending me a audio tape of the book Younger Next Year, and it has been a great book. It's, it's made me make some changes in the way I exercise and eat and I always thought I was pretty good, but I always knew I could do some tweaking. But this one, this was good. Younger next next year, so we'll get with Robert and talk about that. And who else do I want to thank? Waikoloa Beach Resort, longtime supporters, of course, of the Emily T. Gale Show, and I'm longtime supporters of Waikoloa Beach Resort because I way back when when they, you know, King's Shop was built and stuff. I did the PR for those. I've been involved with Waikoloa Beach Resort for many years co-creator of Dolphin Days with the Hilton, we did an awful lot where we we just interacted with all the uh, facilities and venues at Wyclo Beach Resort. And I love that Scott Head has that policy, that they're, they're, a, they're a destination, the whole resort, and they've just opened up the new entrance and exit to the resort, new stoplight, um, it's a big change out on the, the the highway, so we'll get with Scott and talk about that, but boy, does that make a difference. For the getting in and out of Waikoloa Beach Resort, which is a busy resort this time of year. Just I'll mention the Mitsubishi Electric Championship. Uh, been in touch with Kelly Fleer, the tournament director. Again, that uh, Mitsubishi Electric Championship at Hualai be coming up on January nineteenth uh, through the what twenty-first or right that that week, but that that whole week in January, and uh, there'll be the pro-am days as well. And the Rotary Club of Kona was was. Uh, Probably, they probably aren't looking for volunteers, but probably have a waiting list and can put people on it because uh, they they always can use some more good volunteers. It's the Emily T. Gale show here on ESPNHawaii.com, and a special thanks to Pacific Radio Group for the opportunity to to have my show. I'm surprised um, who I'm hearing from that are listening, which is great. I get it out on a lot of different venues. It's on free iTunes podcast out on Facebook. I send it out as emails, and it's nice to get the response from people. Uh, You can also pick it up as Emily T. Gale Talk Story as a podcast because I can keep uh, more shows on that podcast, and uh, it's just fun to to keep it out there. And also, tune in to ESPNHawaii.com, AM 850 in Hilo, AM uh, 790 in Kona, and what a nice job uh, Josh Bezeko does of broadcasting games. And also, it's you can get every level of game, high school, college, uh, major league. It's I love listening to the station um, and keeping up on the sport. So with the World Series coming up, it's going to be fun to be tuned in a lot. And I'm proud to be a part of Pacific Radio Group, which is also Kappa Radio, K-Big, and, and The Beat. So ESPNHawaii.com, you can catch my shows under the lineup tab or at Emily T. Gale Facebook or Emily T. Gale Talk Story on Facebook and also on iTunes free podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Take care. Aloha.